at Stop Talking Chiefs, and why would we? It's Tuesday, February 4th, two days after the Super Bowl triumph, and Kansas City is simultaneously coming down from that euphoric feeling and gearing up for another one with Wednesday's parade through downtown Kansas City. The route's going to be along Grand, with Union Station serving as the final stage. Today's Sports Beat KC, presented by Big O Tires, was recorded late Monday evening. Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports and the former Kansas City Star Chiefs beat writer stopped by to chat with Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and me, Blair Kirkhoff. We recall Therese's lasting impression of Patrick Mahomes' first game as a pro. Yep, we were in the press box in Denver at the end of 2017 for that. We talk about Hall of Fame voting, and this is significant because Therese is a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. We appreciate some former Chiefs players who helped build the winning foundation and are no longer on the team. And no conversation between Therese and Herbie would be complete without a comparison between John Wick and Jason Bourne. After a break, we take a look at next season and what a Super Bowl victory means for the 2020 Chiefs. How long will this window of opportunity remain open? Hope you enjoy our conversation. It's day two of a new era, Chiefs as Super Bowl champs, and here to talk about it. We can't talk enough about it, uh, but we're going to continue to talk about it. Uh, with special guests Therese Paler and Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian. Therese, great to have you here. I was, I've thought about you as the Chiefs for celebrating because you covered this team for five years. You saw a lot of good football. You didn't see this good of football, though. Not as the beat writer for the Kansas City Star. I saw one game like this when I was the beat writer of the Kansas City Star. Otherwise known as the most embarrassing moment of my professional career was Sad Mellinger. We kind of saw hints of it, though. Like, that Denver game in 2017, we kind of saw hints, guys. Like, I I was watching um, Mahomes' top 100 video from this last year, this morning, actually. And, like, they, they, they showed a replay of that throw again when he was drifting to his right and going backwards and between three guys. And it's just as outrageous now as it was then. And it was like, you know what? In retrospect... Maybe we weren't crazy. You're not supposed to be able to do what Patrick Mahomes did that day, and look what he's matured into. Well, you have to you have to tell why that's an embarrassing story for him. Oh, everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Although the I exclamation wanna... was, <laughs> but because it was an outrageous throw, I would have made the exclamation if it was Stafford. Like, I, it not it's not because it was the kid or because it was a chief. It was because that might have been the greatest throw I've ever seen live. Like, it was so outrageous. And this is a guy playing in his first NFL game. <laughs> it was, and, like, here's the, it was building to it. Like, it was like he'd been making absurd throw after absurd. And it's like, he can't make this one now. <laughs> like, it, it was just a completely absurd throw. And it portended things to come. I'm going to play devil's advocate with you a little bit in this sense. You and Sam Mellinger, of all the people I can remember, were gaga over what this guy was going to be. And I remember thinking, these guys, I don't know what's gotten into them, but they have they're <laughs> completely exaggerating the situation. And then that night happens. And I, I think the record should note, by the way, this was not like one of you guys falling out of a chair and then the other guy deciding to also. It was like exact synchronicity, like falling out of chairs in the press box. I, it was the greatest throw I've ever seen in life. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I've seen a lot of football. Come on. The, Con- the Conley 49ers throw? It was the greatest throw I've ever seen live because of how outrageous it was in the moment. He'd been building toward it. 
I mean, here's the thing. And Pat's done a lot of stuff, right? Remember, I didn't... Well, I did see that. But, like, you know, <laughs> there's a lot to choose from with this guy, right? But as far as, like, moments go, that was the first time that dude made me go, Jesus Christ, what are you supposed to do with that? You can't stop it. And guess who else was doing that? The Broncos. Listen, Von Miller, Chris Harris, Tlaib, these guys are real guys, man. Like, they don't, like... They're not going to just go credit people when they don't have to. And I talked to them at the Pro Bowl after that year. And, like, hearing Von Miller and Chris Harris and even Emmanuel Sanders, who can be really salty, they all were just like, this guy's incredible. So, um, you know, you'll never hear, A, I'll never do that again. And, B, you'll never hear another player. I'll probably never talk about another quarterback the way I talk about this guy. Like, even the ones I really like, like Lamar Jackson, I really like Lamar. It ain't close to what I say about Pat because Pat's got a chance to be the greatest of all time. You know, um, so this was one game, right? He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He threw a bad interception in that game. But the other thing people forget is he left the game with the lead. Tyler Bray came in, gave up the lead. And then Andy put him back in. And Andy put him back in to win the game. And he took him right down the field uh, for the – Wasn't it on that drive? I think it was on that drive after Andy put him back in. It was. And that – it was just like, wow, so he's cold. And, <laughs> I don't and here comes Von Miller. And it's like, okay, never. Like, it was an. Go look at it. It was. Albert Wilson, was that who caught that ball? It was Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, it was. But Blair, to your Wilson point. Had a great game that day. He did. We never. You never he see made that, that guy a lot of money. <laughs> he did. When, when is the occasion? I mean, it was a game they didn't have to win, right? It was just, it was just a. Get, get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why, that's why Mahomes was playing. The they were locked but, into their seat. He wanted to see the kid. Let's put you back in. You know, it's, I know it's only 17 degrees, or maybe you thought your, your night was done. <laughs> that's the part of it that always got me. It's like, you know. Well, here, here's what I want to know. Being on the beat for the first time and not being ingrained in it at the time, ingrained in it at the time, would we see this version of Patrick Mahomes if he had started as a rookie? And in... How how much is his career different because he got a year under Alex Smith when, when you were on the beat? Everyone I talked to says like it really helped because it by the time that Mahomes got into the lineup, he knew the offense. Like he knew it. Like it was that remember after the game, Andy was like the kids got complete control, complete complete command. Have never heard him say that since about anybody. Didn't hear him say it about Alex Smith either. I'm sure Alex did, right? But like yeah. for him to say that about the kid in the moment, that enabled him, I think to play confident. And I think it mattered, right? But I also think it's Andy Reid. So, like, if Mahomes had to start that year, I'm sure he would have thrown for 28 touchdowns. Or so. I'm sure he would have been great. Um, but I do think he learned a lot about how to lead men from Alex. Because, remember, they went through that really difficult stretch there. Yep. That it was like a, a four-game losing streak or something. Oh, Five. And they had to – he saw how to lead during that time. And I think that's something that kind of has borne fruit now. In, oh my God! Like I mean, they, how many times these playoff down twenty four nothing? Right, he's giving a speech on on the sideline. He learned the, the importance of being the same guy, being steady, showing up, working harder, not letting people see you're getting rattled. So, yeah, I think he would have been great, but that that year did that year sitting did help. Remember where that season started? Two twenty seventeen Patriots. That, that was Alex That's Smith right. had a great year, the great game in Alex the, Smith uh, Thursday night. The yeah. best deep ball passer in football that year. 
Yep, that's right. Led led the Jesus. the AFC and led Jesus. the NFL in passer rating. That Jesus, year. yeah. So they start five and zero that season, and and you know at New England, I I just I don't know. It's impossible to go into the parallel universe, but I I think yeah, sure. Patrick would have you know grown, and Patrick was going to be capable right away. But I think that it is part of the magic of this whole situation that, that he got he didn't have to have that. I'll t- how about this? I'll tell you this. Alex was beloved on this team. Remember, like, it's easy to forget now because Kelsey loves Mahomes. Sherman loves Mahomes. But all these guys that Mahomes has won over, part of the reason he won them over was because he never snaked Alex, Alex and because he never took Alex's job during the season. If you had replaced Alex Smith with Mahomes, that might have made it difficult for him to initially win those guys over. Because Alex Smith, people forget, Kelsey was a huge Alex guy. Sherman, are you kidding? Huge Alex guy. Right down the line, everybody on that offense loved Alex. Um, so Andy did Mahomes a favor by not asking him to take the job of a beloved guy. I think that really matters. So, you know, so people always say, you know, if what if they put Pat Mahomes in for the Steelers game or that playoff game, for the Alex Titans game, whatever? And it's like, eh, probably would have lost the team. You know, you, it's not. It doesn't take much to lose the team, and Alex was. The offensive leader of that group. So, um, Andy did play it right, and I mean we're we're kind of set up here for a run. Like if you're a fan of another team, I mean he's 24 leading these John Elway comebacks. Like like I'm I'm not crazy, am I? Like this is this is not how this goes. It takes you you normally have to be Tom Brady, 32, 30 before you lead three straight playoff comebacks, right? Like in the same postseason, first team to do it. Double digits from double digits down yeah. in each game to double digit wins in each game. What, what was the Kurt Warner stat? Two and forty-four. Two and forty-four. I'm trailing by double digits in his career. Right, and Mahomes and is Kurt now Warner. five and zero. Five and zero this year. Well, I three and zero these playoffs. Hey, First time he never lost in by NFL? double digits. He's never lost by more than I a think score. Of all the stats of Patrick Mahomes that amaze you. The fact he's never lost a football game by more than one possession might be at the top of the list. So this is what I'm thinking about when they're down 20 to 10, mm-hmm. you know, and they get the ball with 8 8 8.53. 8.53. Yep. He had previous possession had just thrown an interception, his mm-hmm. second of the game. At that point he had the lowest if the game had ended he'd had the lowest passer rating of his career. It would have been the worst game oh, of the his hot career. Oh, the take artist would have been hot. Ooh. <laughs> Just skip Bayless and these guys. Oh, it, oh a coward like they, it was coming. Like they it were going to the 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 you garbage that part in. <laughs> The garbage takes were coming. They were already happening, weren't they? Like, yeah, like they were on, Mahomes on chokes on the big stage. Oh, Mahomes can't win the big It was coming. And I think that affects the trajectory of some people's careers too. Like, I can't. I wrote a column on this. Please check it out at Yahoo. But like, like you can't winning the title at 24. The importance of that can't be understated. Guess who else did that? Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes is the most accomplished 24 year year old quarterback of all time. And the fact that Brady won his at 24 and he ended up with six, it ain't a coincidence. Do you know why? Because that pressure builds on you. Dan Marino, he didn't win his, but everybody's like, he'll get back. But every year he didn't get back. It was more. It was more. It was more. This becomes like a real thing. Now, what can you say about him? The worst you'll say is, oh, Pat might have. Let's say they lose in a playoff for the next two years. You can't say he can't do it. You'll say, 
is he the same guy? Is he? But you, you'll never be able to say he can't win a Super Bowl. When will he win a Super Bowl? Right. If Patrick Mahomes goes on to have what? If Patrick Mahomes went on, if he played four more years, he'd still be a Hall of Famer. If his career ended in four years, he'd still be a Hall of Famer. Believe that, because that happened with Gail Sayers, and that happened. With, that's about to happen with Baselli. We're gonna put him in eventually. Uh, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis. So, I mean, I, I, you guys know I do this little Hall of Fame algorithm to help me decide who to vote for. Before he even got to the Super Bowl, Mahomes had a better score than Eli Manning in my algorithm, which includes all decade, all pros, MVPs, Pro Bowls, all that. So, Chiefs fans better enjoy this because. You can go a dec- you can go a lifetime without seeing a quarterback like this, let alone a player at any position. Generational quarterback. Generational quarterback. Here's the thing: when when it was twenty four nothing to the Texans and they get the touchdown, Mahomes went nuts. Remember, he went the length of the field and celebrated. Yeah. And I'm thinking, it's twenty four to seven. Yeah. But he he knew. He knows what his he teammates knew. need. He said he was trying to get the the crowd. I, I just thought there right. was there's such a contrast to to what we've seen in Arrowhead most of the time. Right. We've got a KU game on the background. How many KU games have you seen the crowd will the team back into right. the game? This was a player willing One the guy. crowd back into the game. It was the inverse yep. of what you see in so many atmospheres. That is the power of the quarterback in football. It's one of the things that makes football great. The great quarterback can, like, spare you from everything. He can he – can, you guys thought I was crazy when I called him John Wick. No, he is. Like, he – and, like, look at the different arm angles and the throws he makes. It's the same way John Wick kills people. It's the same thing. You know? It's the same deal. Like, just when you think you got John Wick killed, he's limping. Okay. Like, it's the same thing. Born will take him. Herbie and I have had a long discussion about who is the better killer. Jason Wick, John Bourne. John Wick, Jason Bourne. The, Bourne. Three, the three of us can just leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a Wick guy. Right, but I but the point is, you know, I, I feel I feel lucky to live in Kansas City at this time. Like I love the game of football. Don't love the NFL because of the business of it, but I love the I love the game of football. I love like pro football, right? Um, and it's just I feel so fortunate to like live in the city with like a generational player who could go down as the greatest. And I know this is all early, but like we're he's laying the foundation to have that case. And there's a lot that's got to that's got to be done. But I mean, I'm, I'm telling, I don't think it's crazy. I, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. And then I remember the first week I got on this beat, and we, and we were talking about what I was looking forward to covering. Yeah. On the second go round, and obviously you and I were on the beat when it was Alex Smith. But coming back here, and what jumped out to me, and, and I'm going to drive McDowell crazy here because I always go back to the team I covered before. <laughs> but when I hear that Sean Payton goes out of his way. Because Sean Payton did not always travel to look at quarterbacks. He would let his, his team do that. Yeah. But he personally flew out he to, Texas, to, to Texas Tech to work out Patrick Mahomes. And there's a reason why the Chiefs made all those moves to flip-flop him because Sean Payton even said the very next day after the draft mm-hmm. at the Zurich Golf Classic, somebody just asked him point blank if Patrick Mahomes – if the Chiefs didn't jump you, were you taking Mahomes? And the answer was yes. And the Chiefs knew it. Yeah. Um, so when you've got two offensive-minded gurus who, who love right, their quarterbacks. Maybe you guys should be paying attention yeah, the rest yeah. of the league. I'm yep. just saying. <laughs> and Sean Payton and Andy Reid love a guy. And, like, let me tell you something. 
the Chiefs' love of Patrick Mahomes wasn't that ambiguous in retrospect. Like, I mean, I interviewed the guy in February. And, like, I, I, I feel like teams probably should have known that the Chiefs had some interest in him. Yeah. Um, but I think the Saints were content to stay at 11. They, I, oh, I yeah, because really they ended up with a really they, good yeah. player. They, I the thought thing. they really were going to get Here's the thing. Sean knew, but he didn't like no-no. Just like the Chiefs knew, but they didn't like – I mean, I think they would have gone up however high they thought they needed to go to get the guy. Yeah, but, but they jumped but, perfectly right. in front of the Saints. And I, th- I think it's important to give Dorsey credit for that too. Like, Veach was the primary mm-hmm. push for, for Mahomes. You, he sold Andy on him. And that's like – that's most of the battle. But, you know, John is the one that like executed the trade. And he didn't go up to five or seven, which there might have been some push to do. He went to the right spot and got the guy. He went to number 10 because he knew there was interest at Cleveland or Houston at 12. And there was interest from New Orleans at 11. He, he did nail. That is one instance where his little spies paid off because he knew he had that down. And I, I don't know about you guys, but because I covered this team so long, I was talking about this on my podcast with Charles. Like, I felt... And I feel like this will hit home more with you guys because we all did this together for so long, right? Um, and Charles was receptive, but, like, he wasn't on the beat with me. I feel like it's really important that we do take a minute to, like, appreciate some of the people that were, like, around to, like, help build this. So, like, Derek Johnson, right? Yeah. Derek Johnson, the guy that was an incredible leader, great football player, was always available for the most part when you needed him. Um, Jamal Charles. Tom Bahali, yep. Alex Smith. There are a lot of great players here. Even Mike DeVito, our guy. Yeah, and, he, and depending on how he felt that day, yeah. Justin Houston, yeah. or, or if Eric Berry didn't have to go lift, maybe right. even better. <laughs> right. like, there are a lot of great players that did contribute to this team turning things around. You yeah. know? Or as Andy would say, they've all got a piece of this. Yeah, they do. I mean, they do, because um, without their contributions, this team didn't, wouldn't go from 2-14 and 14 to expecting to be good. To expecting to be a champion, but the winning culture was already here when Mahomes became the right. quarterback. Right, and I think I think that's where people like DJ, Tamba, Barry yeah. Hughes, like they should take a certain degree of pride in that because they did help build it. They they absolutely did. That that 2013 season it was a great was, season. Was tremendous. I mean, it was a great season. From going from two and fourteen to Andy Reid's first year, and you guys know the the, the culture that he immediately Completely established. Changed. A belief. Yeah, win after win after win. You're like, this is his first year. By the way, look at the players he's doing it with. In retrospect, have you guys taken a look at the 2013 Chiefs defense? The players on that team? Yeah. Like, have you, like, uh, there were pro bowlers all up and down that that roster. The Kansas City Chiefs 2013 defense, they might have gone undefeated if they had that defense this year. Um, And that's not taking any – here's the thing. I actually don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. Take that. All right, all right, all right. The 2013 Chiefs defense, I don't want to, like, compare the two because I feel like this defense has some swagger, some edge, and some different kind of leadership that really mattered when things got rough. And you, we, you can't win a championship without that. So I would take this defense over that one. But the 2013 team, as a regular season team, their defense, uh, the players on that defense were incredible. Allen Bailey. Mm-hmm. Mike DeVito, mm-hmm. Don Terry Poe, mm-hmm. Houston in his prime, 
Holly at the tail of his prime. Yeah. Just uh, Derek Johnson in his prime. Brandon Flowers at the tail end of his prime. Sean Smith. Smith, yep. Eric Berry. Like, that's, that's a really good defense, man. Hussein Abdullah. What about my guy Josh Mother? Josh Mother. <laughs> that was the following that year. That was the following year. Yeah, that was year. the following year. That was your boy, yeah. Well, that's why when, um, when Andy took over, one of the storylines the first year was he's inheriting six Pro Bowl guys. For a yeah. two and 14 team that ended in a nightmare, you know, that he, he was going to have players to work with. <clears throat> And he worked with him. And again, he I, I thought he he did a remarkable job right away establishing a culture. Oh, hey, yeah. l- let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, let's talk about what these Chiefs might look like next year. What are some of the decisions the Chiefs have to make for roster 2020? Our biggest tire sale of the year happening now at Big O Tires. Buy two tires, get two free on select tires in stock. That's two tires free when you buy an alignment and tire protection package. That's 50% off tires at Big O Tires. It's going on now, but it all ends soon. Buy two tires, get two free at all participating Big O Tires. Installation additional plus shop fee of up to 10% of non-discounted retail price, not to exceed $35. Hurry, sale ends Monday, President's Day. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Therese Paler, Herbie Teopi, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. And we're talking Chiefs, Super Bowl champion Chiefs, words that have never been said until the last couple of days. And I don't how, – how much is – are the Chiefs of next season going to look like the Chiefs of this season? I think a lot. I do too. And one thing the Super Bowl does do is that you can kind of look at it – you do get attached to players. Um, and you can say, okay, we need to make some tough decisions here. But I'm just saying – it takes some of the pressure away if you do need to make some of the tough decisions. So, like, if the Chiefs miss, like, move on it, move from a guy that you guys are attached to, you'll always have 2019, which is a beautiful thing to have. So, it takes a lot of pressure off the front office as well. Because if you lose this game, now it's like, all right, we got to take care of Pat. We got to take care of Chris Jones. Like, yeah. somebody is really about to, and it's probably going to be the same people anyway, but. Whoever, one other thing about this is nice, too. Just take Sammy Watkins, for example. We know that they can create a lot of space by releasing. Guess what? You can't do that. You couldn't have done this without Sammy Watkins. So you, even if you let him go, his memory on this team and place and, sec- and legacy on this team is secure. It just takes so much pressure off these difficult decisions you have to make. But I'll tell you this. Yeah, I think someone like Chris Jones, like, He's he's young anyway. He's 26, 25. Like, yep. If you, he's the kind of guy you pay, even if it means you you're gonna move on from some people you might not want to. 
Jones, in my opinion, Jones is the kind of per- person that you pay. You'll pay him. You'll play Clark. You'll play Badger. You'll pay Tyreek. There, you'll pay Mahomes. That's your core. Kelsey. 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 You'll pay. Well, and Kelsey's somebody they're gonna have to make a decision on two, too. Two years left. And and if I'm Kelsey, I might be thinking time to restructure. Yeah, I mean, I might be thinking about that. Yeah, and like it, still in your prime. Yeah, and if I'm the Chiefs, you, you kind of don't have a choice. I think you got to take care of him, give him some more money. And if you have to kick some cans down the road, that's fine because these windows only last so long. Uh, what do the Chiefs do at backup quarterback? Oh, I mean, I think there's something to be said for just bringing back more or any. I mean, just I would just do that. Bring, up, bring back both of them. Yeah, I would just bring them back if they want to come. Like, here's the thing, though, and this hey, is real. He was on, what, three, three, five this well, year? Well, he's making $4 million this year. Made $4 million. I think I think you could bring, or you could just bring back one of them and draft somebody late. Well, not draft, but like you know, you could sign Tyler Bray. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bring back Chase Daniel. I think that ship sailed. <laughs> um, no, but I, I I think you just bring back one of them and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Again, that's the beautiful thing about winning a championship. You can risk it now because like if something were to happen to Patrick, your season's over anyway. But now it's like God, we got to get Andy his first title. The pressure is off completely yeah. in so many ways. You can really just be smart about it and just make like good business decisions. With, well, with they, that, oh, you might have to ask this real quick then. I mean, so of course you're not saying, well, they don't have to win another one. I mean, but oh it, no, but no. it's interesting. How do you feel this affects Andy's ability to win another one? Oh, I, mean, I think the window's wide open. I, I think they might be a dynasty now. Yeah. Andy wants to keep coaching. Mahomes is 24 years old. Now, I mean, people are underestimating, like, when Ant- <laughs> how much clout does Mahomes have to get people together when they're slacking off now? Hey, I'm a Super Bowl winning ca- quarterback. I just won the MVP. Every player they draft is going to be looking up to Mahomes now. And free so, agents, too. Free, they want to play with him. So I think it opens it up a lot, man, because, like, getting this off Andy's back, you guys think you saw some creative stuff before. <laughs> oh, God. I, <laughs> When and, the, and, and the, said, the Rose Bowl move, that was the that was. The, I I love the fact that you asked him about Hank Stram because I was gonna do that too. I am stunned he didn't run sixty five toss power trap. <laughs> I would have bet. I would have bet a healthy sum that he would have. With a chance to go through that victory formation mode at the 100%. end. hundred percent. Right? The way the 49ers were playing defense, that play might have actually worked. <laughs> like, it might really not wide open. <laughs> I'm <laughs> stunned. It's, yeah. <laughs> so he's pulling he plays from the 48 yeah. Rose Bowl? Like, what? But you know what the best part about that? I think I can't remember if Blair or Sam McDowell asked this question in the news conference today, but Andy could not help but say, that he has a whole package based on based on that. There's a Thank whole, whole package waiting on that play. We'll have to wait till yeah. next year to see it. Like he is. Oh, you mean on that 48 Rose Bowl yeah. play? Yeah, he's like, yes, great, whole package, great. <laughs> I believe it, Andy. Right? It's, I think it, I bet it is. Um, and thinking back to the Super Bowl, I bet you they will run something. Hank that Hank ran though. It, like I, not again. The pressure's completely off. Like it's coming. What? what, what I was just saying. Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz said that they've been running that the Rose Bowl play since April. <laughs> and that when they installed it in April, that they were all like, what is this play? <laughs> and they just kept running it every week. They never took a week off from practicing, practiced it every week. And this week, the players got the sense that they might actually use it. If it got to be a fourth and short situation, third and short situation, or if they were inside the five, and it just so happened that they were both. 
fourth and one inside the five, and he said all the players were pretty jacked whenever they heard it in the call just because they've been running the freaking thing every week. <laughs> and it looked like it, the way they executed it. Like, it looked Perfect. like it. Now, they, the they, say, they yeah. say it was the yes. 48 Rose Bowl, and it, that is accurate. They got that play from, it was a Michigan-USC. Heck, Therese has probably watched film on that game before. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, Are you kidding? <laughs> but they didn't do the, the whole spin moves. Yeah, that was a it, little that, Andy flourish. That was added. That, that was, was a little Andy. <laughs> the boy band move? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's the interesting about what you point out there, that they were running it every day, or they started running it in April. So you're talking about OTAs and everything else starting in May or mini camp, etc. Years ago, we would have probably saw that. Right, right. Because you remember, yeah. in those days, we started seeing Dontari Poe lining up in the That's backfield. Right. and. A lot of the things that we're not There's allowed to report on, on it, though. But you could at least get some background information so when it does happen, you you're already, set. Yeah. yeah, you had a reference point. But now we're not going to see everything. You know, when Andy Reid says, huh. I've got all this stuff I want to unleash, we're not going to see that. In sure, theory, maybe, maybe they were running maybe they were running 65 power, power trap. Power, power trap, but we never – maybe they did practice it all week. And just, to, just didn't find a spot in the game. Yeah. Andy seemed pretty that it wasn't coming, though, right? Well, it was funny because Sam McDowell and I were both listening, to, sort of trying to parse the words. The way he phrased it last week was something to the effect of it's not in the offense. It's not in there now. And I, I heard that as, as Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A couple of days. Okay. Um, Sam heard it as it's not, yeah, it's not in there now. Sam, Sam was right. I, mean, I heard that as it's not coming. But what I was trying to get him to do, I really wanted him just to tell us the example of a play. Because he, he had mentioned he's named plays after Hank Stram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us the name of the play. I'm not asking you to give us, uh, you know, the diagram of the play like you might give to some people. Um, just <laughs> There were multiple diagrams of the play I saw. It wasn't just, it wasn't just from... It, there were some people. Some people were fortunate enough to get the yeah, diagram. Here, but it's the napkin. Here's the here's the pool report. Um, but I, but but I I just wanted to hear him. Uh, just the words he might apply to that. It, it sounds like um, there's some some exotic thinking that even goes into the naming of these things. Yeah, I think it's. It, oh, I <laughs> Guys, hey, listen. It's, okay. been, a, it's been a long. It's been a long week. week. It's been a long. It's been, I've been here since Sunday. Um, yeah, listen. We flew together down here. Oh my God, we didn't we? Yeah. yeah, we were on the same flight. We've had completely different experiences, though. While I've been slaving away at the hotel, you guys are in this palatial <laughs> Airbnb with a pool, a pool in the back, smoking lounge, and everything. Yeah, smoking lounge. <laughs> and a, a pet iguana. I don't think we've named the iguana. Yeah, I'm like, jeez, man, how great is that? Um, no, listen, I. He puts so much work and effort into like the game planning and stuff, and. Um, that's why all his people were happy for him. You know, it's, he'll never show you, like, how much it means to him because that's not what he's about. Like, he didn't want to make it about him, but Andy has sacrificed a lot to to be at the top of his profession, and he's treated people well. I hear a lot of, like, stuff about a lot of people in this business, a lot of coaches. You, you're going to have to go really far to hear something negative about Andy Reid. So when, it, when his name comes up on the Hall of Fame, it's going to be next. Pretty much. Yeah. The only thing is that, like, the coaches end up waiting, typically. But the, the point is that Andy will go into the Hall of Fame, and it won't be difficult. The question is just when will it happen. Because um, what can you say now? Like, he went to all these championship games. He's been to two, two different franchises. Yeah. He finally won one. Yep. His career winning percentage... <laughs> 
Like and then his whole his whole tree is his massive coaching tree. It's the impact There's on the national football league. And by the yeah. way, he's helped advance the game in a way just like Bill Walsh did. Yep. Yeah. You go back and you look at the tape of Andy's offense from twenty years ago, there was no shotgun. None of them used shotgun. So like that's the thing, mate. Like now he's all in shotgun. People continually take his concepts. Remember for like that one month period, everyone was trying to run pitches like the like the, the shovel passes, pass right? And then like remember the uh, opening game last year, yeah. the Chiefs against, against the, the Chargers. Chargers. People were hijacking stuff from that tape all year long. That's he's had a Don Coryell like impact on the play on the strategy of the game too. So there's nothing you can say against Andy Reid now except he hasn't won enough. You can say that maybe he needs to win a couple, but Bill Coward just got in winning one. Yeah. And Andy Reid's a better coach than Bill Cowell, who did it twice as long. So there's not even a – it shouldn't be a discussion. And this is just a start. I, I, I'd be willing to bet he's getting another one here because he's got the kid and the pressure's off. Therese, one thing, we've talked about this a little bit, and we've maybe talked with you about this before. All the things you just laid out tell me that you didn't feel like he had to have this Super Bowl win for you to, for you to see him as a I would have voted for him. I would have voted for Andy. Um, but it was gonna without the title, I would have had to fight a lot harder in the room. Cause when I in my informal polling of people, some of them was like, ah, we'll talk. But like, and some of them was like, yeah, I think so. But now, what are you gonna say? It's funny. All that other stuff is gonna become supporting evidence. Right. When it was stuff you used against him. <laughs> right. Well, he's been the. Five championship yeah. games, but he hasn't that's, won a Super Bowl. Now it's he's won what? a Super Bowl and he's been the champion. <laughs> guess what? And guess what? I'm okay with that because You're I love. Right. I, I like love. That that's true. That's a great point. But I'm okay with that because I love the importance that we put on championships. That's what you do this for. That's true. That's what you do it for. Like I'm glad that that matters. Like in my formula, championships matter. Not a ton, but like there's a little difference between getting here and winning one, and that matters. You know, it should matter because the, the, being a champion matters. I'm going to put you on the spot then. I know this is completely different from the Chiefs, but Mr. You, you, are, you do have a voice in the Hall of Fame, and this is going to be the debate that's going to be raging here very shortly. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback? I say yes. I say yes. Now, I'm not going to promise I'm doing it first ballot. I won't promise that, but I will vote for Eli. Um, even, <laughs> even though, like, Boomer Esiason has a higher score on my, my rating scale than Eli. Because uh, you Boomer won MVP one year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say yes because like it's not. Th- th- I don't use the scale as a as an end all be all. It's about. I mean, he he Eli was incredible during two Super Bowl runs. He played for in the league's biggest market, and uh, he beat Tom Brady and the Patriots twice. Epic games that will go down in the history of the game as ones that will be remembered. So. I think that stuff matters. Like, this isn't life or death. You know, it's like, did you make a significant impact on the game? And I like the concept of people going into Canton and seeing every kind of, seeing Eli Manning and, like, them, like, knowing, like, what he did was great. Because during those two Super Bowl runs, what he did really was great. And I'm okay with it. I really am. Included signature plays in both of them. Absolutely. Like, Two of the greatest moments of Super Bowl history. Like, he just kept making... Sometimes what you do in multiple Super Bowls matters. You know, it's not like he was a one Super Bowl... Like, if he'd won just one, he wouldn't get in. But he did it twice against Tom Brady. Yep. 
that, that matters to me. So yeah, I will. But I, but I can't promise it to be first ballot. Not like the kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's call it a show. Therese, thanks a lot, buddy. Herbie, Sam, Vahe, great to spend the week and plus with you guys in this uh, palatial estate. Let's do it again next year in Tampa. That will do it for today. Thanks to Therese Paler for stopping by to talk Chiefs and to Derek Donovan and Randy Mason for putting together today's show. The best Chiefs coverage and all the information about the championship parade can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Thanks for listening to Sports Beat KC, presented by Big O Tires, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Every day.